We became entrepreneurs because more than anything, we want freedom. We want to be in control of our own schedule, income, and life. But unfortunately, that isn't always the reality of being a business owner. I'm Gillian Perkins, and I'm on a mission to take back entrepreneurship for what it's supposed to be. In every episode, I'll share with you how to get the most out of every hour you work so that you can work less and earn more. Let's get to it. I don't think I was five minutes into learning about online business before I started hearing how important it was to grow your list. It seemed like everyone was talking about how important it was to collect email addresses and how valuable of an asset a big list is. So naturally, I got to work, only to find out how difficult it is to, quote, grow your list. After I'd signed up, my husband, my school friends, and a few random people I'd met in Facebook groups, I hit a wall. It was literal years before I started seeing real progress. But do you know what made this even more frustrating? The people who did join my list didn't buy anything. So there I was, working my tail off to grow my list, spending real money on my email marketing software, and not seeing any real returns. What was I doing wrong? almost everything, it turned out. And starting with the very first thing, the first impression people got after signing up for my newsletter. Because their first impression was random. They got whatever newsletter I happened to write that week, which more often than not was a pretty random place to start a conversation or a relationship. The correction of this mistake was to create an email welcome sequence, a series of emails that gets sent to each new subscriber right after they sign up. Think of it like an introduction to who you are, what your company does, and how you can help them. But here's the catch. It can't be about you, who you are, and what you do. It has to be about them, who they are, what they want, and how you can help them get it. Done right, this process can lead straight to a sale. In today's episode, I'll be explaining how you can write an email welcome sequence that will make a great first impression, start building a strong relationship with your new subscribers, and lead them to purchase your products. First, we'll talk about the basic schedule to use for these emails, and then I'll walk you through what to say in each of them. Afterwards, I'll take the time to answer all of your questions about email welcome sequences. Okay, I'm going to start by just addressing one of the most common questions that I get about email welcome sequences, and that is how often should you send emails when people first sign up? So let's zoom out a little bit and talk about kind of the bigger picture of how often you should send emails on a regular basis once someone gets through your email welcome sequence. For that, I would recommend a frequency of no less than about once a week. And that's just because the internet is a kind of noisy place, we all know this, and people have a lot of distractions. And if you send emails less than about once a week, then a lot of people will quite possibly forget about who you are and what you do, and you'll have to reintroduce yourself and start completely from scratch with each new email you write. And you don't really have the opportunity to do that normally, and so you're going to see a lot of unsubscribes. Now, I say at least once a week because you might wanna send emails a lot more frequently than that. Some people recommend sending emails as much as even once per day. I don't personally think that's necessary and that is not what I practice in my business just because I don't like receiving that many emails and that is the reason why I often unsubscribe and I like to do unto others as I would want them to do unto me. So I try to email a couple times per week just to stay top of mind and to keep reminding people how I can help them 
and keep helping them via my emails, but not clutter up their email inbox with too many messages. So that's kind of the general best practice there. But when you are doing your email welcome sequence, you're going to want to send your emails a little bit more frequently because, again, these people have just met you and you need to stay front of mind because they can very easily, very quickly forget who you are and then feel annoyed that you're emailing them when they might actually want your emails if they have this context, if they know who you are and how you can help. So when you're first, first emailing with your welcome sequence, I'd recommend emailing once per day for the first couple days, two or three days you'll want once per day. And then after that, you can slowly reduce the frequency down to whatever your normal email newsletter frequency is. So for example, I normally email about twice per week. So with my email welcome sequence, I send the first three emails one day after the next, and then I skip two days and send email number four, skip two days, send email number five, and then after that, I switch to emailing twice a week like normal. So you can adjust this based on whatever your preferences are for how frequently you're going to email. If, for example, you're just going to email once per week, which is very common amongst online businesses, really, then you might start with the first two emails one day and then email number two the next day and then wait a couple days, send email number three, wait a couple more days, send email number four, and then go down to two per week for a couple weeks and then go down to one per week. But the main thing that's important is that you do send them a little more frequently at the beginning so people don't forget who you are and that you set proper expectations. So you tell people in emails what they can expect next. You can say things that like, tomorrow I'll send you such and such, or next week I'll be talking about such and such, or from here on out you can expect to get emails from me twice per week. By setting proper expectations, you will really help them to obviously know what to expect and then to enjoy that. When people aren't sure what's going to happen next, then they can be dissatisfied with anything that happens next. So we need to set those proper expectations. Okay, so now let's get into the emails themselves. What should you send people when they first sign up for your list? So I have mapped out a series of eight emails that you can send to people after they first sign up. And this is going to guide people all the way from their very, very first impression, introducing yourself, all the way to selling them one of your products. And so what's really cool about this sequence is that not only does onboard your new subscribers and give them a really thorough introduction to your brand, but it also primes them to buy. So it sets them up with the right messaging so that they really understand what your product is and how it can help them and why they need it. And it even goes on to pitch your product. So it ends up making you some money right away from these new subscribers. And that can be really important for your business's cash flow. So in today's episode, I'm going to be walking you through this series of emails. Now, because we use this audio on the podcast, I'm not going to be sharing the visual. I'm going to just explain it verbally. However, if you're a Startup Society member, then you know that we have this resource available, this PDF. It's a brand new resource that we just created that is the outline for these welcome emails. So you can access that on the Startup Society website. If you're not quite sure where to find it, just shoot us an email using the support form and we can direct you to where to find that. But if you're listening right now and you aren't yet a member of Startup Society, then head to startupsociety.com so that you can get access to this PDF outline of the email welcome sequence and you can follow along with it as you write your own. 
All right. So with that being said, let's get into email number one. So this is the very first email someone gets after they sign up for your list. And so it's really important here that you do make a good first impression, but that doesn't mean, you know, doing too much. You don't want to make this email too long. You don't want to write your life story. Remember, these emails need to be about your subscriber and about how you can help your subscriber and not too much about you. So even with this first email, we want to be positioning this information as for them. So the first email, the main purpose that it serves is to make that introduction and to deliver on your promise. Because most likely when someone signed up for your email newsletter, they were signing up to get some specific thing. Maybe they just wanted weekly updates or weekly newsletter, but quite possibly they wanted some sort of free download or a coupon code or registration for some sort of workshop that you're offering. So whatever that thing is that you offered them to get them to sign up, you need to make sure that in your first email to them, you deliver that. Beyond delivering that free resource, you also want to greet them and make that first impression, introduce yourself, and you also want to set that expectation for what's coming next. So tell them that they're going to receive emails at a certain frequency, how often that is, and what they will be getting out of those emails. So you really kind of want to sell the emails that are coming next so that they're looking forward to them and they don't unsubscribe, but they actually open them and get value out of them. That email should be pretty short and sweet because again, we want to set that right expectation. And if people think that your emails are really long, then they will be more hesitant to open them because they'll always feel like they don't have time to read them. So by making a short first email, people will be more likely to open your future emails. Email number two that you will send on the second day after someone subscribes is a problem plus solution email. So for this email, I'd recommend a subject line, something like want to, want to learn how to plant a garden, want to learn how to grow your YouTube channel, want to get your baby to sleep at night, something like that. And then it's great if you can add their personal name into the subject line. This has really been shown to increase open rates and most email marketing softwares allow you to add in a specific piece of code, a little tiny snippet of code that will add in your subscriber's first name. So the email subject line might be something like, want to get your baby to sleep through the night, Mary, or want to learn how to get your baby to sleep through the night, Mary, something like that, so that we are really connecting with that main pain point that got them to subscribe and has them interested in our brand and in our products. Now, this email is going to overall describe the problem that your subscriber is facing, and the best way to do this is by sharing a story. Now, you can share your own story of how you are facing this same problem, or you can share the story of a client or a customer, or you can even share someone else's story. Although if you can relate it to yourself and your brand, that of course is ideal. And then you're going to share how they overcame that problem. But make sure that you keep this really focused on the what they did, not so much the how. Don't get into the nitty gritty. You're not trying to write a complete guide. You're just trying to help your new subscriber feel seen and heard. And like someone else has gone through the same problem and it's come out the other side. One really great thing that you can add into this email is to bust a myth about how to solve the problem. So you might talk about how you tried such and such that is a common solution or at least a popular solution and it didn't work for you and why it didn't work for you, but what ended up working instead. 
And so that's basically the second email. It's basically a story in which you help your subscriber feel like they are seen and heard and that they're not the only person with the problem and that you understand their problem. In email number three, you are going to talk about why people often fail. So this is kind of playing off that theme that we started in email number two, where we talked about busting a myth. So you here we're going to talk about a whole bunch of different myths and mistakes that people make when they're trying to solve that problem. So for example, if you have a brand where you teach people how to grow a successful vegetable garden, then you might talk about several different mistakes people make when they're trying to start a vegetable garden or several different mistakes people make when they're trying to get their baby to sleep through the night or when they're trying to start their YouTube channel or start their online business or whatever it is that you help them with. So remember with this email and really with all of them that while yes, we have a sales motivation here, we do want to make sure that these emails are actually helpful. And Explaining mistakes and why these are mistakes really can be very valuable to people who are struggling with this issue right now. So in this email, you're going to explain why it's not their fault that they're struggling with this issue because they're trying to follow common popular advice, but that advice is broken and it isn't going to work for them. And then we explain why that advice is broken and why it doesn't work. And then we're going to finally wrap this up by explaining what we've decided to do to help them solve the problem. So basically, we saw this need, we saw these mistakes that people were making, and we wanted to help people not make those mistakes. We wanted to help people get that outcome. So we ended up creating such and such a program or such and such a product. Now here, this should be the softest of softest pitches of your product. You're just gonna mention that you ended up creating this product and it really should just be part of this story of how you help people. Don't try to sell the product here. Don't ask them to buy it. Don't lead into the pitch right away. We're not to that point yet, okay? We're just hinting at it. We're just mentioning that this is why we made it. The episode you're currently listening to was originally offered as a live stream inside Startup Society, our training program for digital entrepreneurs. Each week in the program, Gillian teaches a live workshop for startup members, including a teaching segment like what you're listening to right now, a tutorial segment that demonstrates how to take action on the lesson, and an open Q&A period where Gillian and guest experts work directly with each member. Members also get access to Startup Society's library of business training courses, monthly co-working sessions and other events, and our private community forum. If you're looking for affordable business training, mentorship, and accountability, then visit startupsociety.com forward slash podcast to learn more about the program and apply to join. Now here's Gillian with the rest of today's episode. Okay, so let's move on to email number four, and this is the future pacing email. I hope you're taking notes right now. Of course, you can listen to this again. You can back up and write this down if you want, or you can head over to startupsociety.com and get access to the PDF we created that is the outline of all these emails. But going back, email number four, future pacing. So future pacing talks about painting the picture of what the future could be like if this scenario or if that scenario. So if they decide to buy your product, this is what will happen. If they decide to not buy your product, this is what will happen. But again, we don't wanna be really pitching yet. So instead we're going to talk about what's going to happen if they use the right solution to solve the problem or what's going to happen if they don't. And we're gonna focus this mostly on the positive really. We're going to talk about reasons why they should start a vegetable garden, what they'll get out of it, what it has meant for us, for example. 
A really good example of this is when I have a welcome sequence for people who are interested in starting a YouTube channel. I send them a similar series of emails. When I get to this email, I talk about some of the different ways that YouTube has impacted my life. We always want to be thinking about, you know, what's in it for the subscriber with each of these emails? What's in it for the subscriber for me to brag about how amazing YouTube has made my life? Okay, not much, right? So how we need to position this is inspiration. You can do this too. You can start a YouTube channel. It can change your life. I want this for you. It has meant so much to me. It's meant this, it's meant that, it's meant this other thing, and it could do that for you too. And so I'm all about spreading this message of YouTube and how amazing the platform is and how much, how big of an impact it can have on your business and overall on your life. It's all about the subscriber. Don't talk about yourself, talk about your subscriber. Then we get to email number five. So at this point, we're probably sending these emails spaced a couple days apart because we don't wanna send too many emails and make this person unsubscribe because their inbox is getting too cluttered. So we've slowed down to this pace of sending an email every two or three days. In email number five, you're finally going to present your offer. Now. There's a lot of flexibility here, a lot of different ways you could do this. You could have a one day offer or a two day offer or a three day offer or a seven day or a 14 day offer, lots of different options. But I do find that a two or three day offer here is really the sweet spot because if you have too short of an offer window where you have a sale that's only going on for one day, well, these people have only just met you and they might not be quite sure they wanna buy yet. And so a one day sale might just be a little bit like too fast of an ask. They might not be ready to make a decision that fast. But on the other hand, we don't want to go too long. A seven or 14 day promotion period will be too much too soon. You won't have given this new subscriber enough value. And so they won't be ready yet to listen to you talk about how great your product is for seven or 14 days. So that's why I would say that a two or three day promotion window at this point, when this person has been subscribed for a week or two, and they've gotten about four or so emails from you that have given them a lot of value is a really good place to be. So in email number five, you're going to announce your product and you're going to briefly explain the problem that your product solves, exactly who it's for and the result that it creates. And I really want you to be as succinct with these things as possible. Now you can include some sort of story that is a success story or a little bit of the story about why you decided to create this product or something like that. And story always draws humans in, but I don't want you to go over the top with expounding on the problem it solves or expounding on who it's for or expounding on the result that it creates. Because overall, we want this email to still be fairly short so that we can make sure that we get to the point before they stop reading. We want to be sure that they understand what this product is, who it's for, that it's for them, how it can help them, and that it is for sale and that we can actually ask them to buy. Now, one important thing in this email number five where you're presenting the offer is that you answer that question, why should people buy now, not later? So an important piece of information they need to walk away with is this sale is only three days long or this sale is only two days long so that they know there's a deadline by which they need to make that decision. And then finally, of course, you'll wrap this all up with a strong call to action, asking them to buy now to get the benefit. So that is email number five. 
Then in email number six that I would recommend probably sending on the second day of your promotion is the testimonial email. So there's a few different ways you can do this one, but you'll basically want to tell them a story about some people who have gotten success with your product. You could do this by sharing a series of different reviews and testimonials from people that are shorter, or you could just tell one story that's more of a case study about how someone used your product to get a result, or you even can share your own story and how you were facing difficulties, how you tried different solutions, they didn't work for you, and then how you discovered the solution that you turned into this product that you now sell and how it worked for you. Just make sure that you do make this a very detailed, rich story. That doesn't necessarily mean super long, but it does mean that you want to include the nuances and specific details, I would say. So instead of saying something like, one day I discovered such and such, say something like, one day as I was sitting at my computer desk, you know, hitting my head against my hands, wondering why nothing was working, use that sort of language and try to, as much as you can, show instead of just tell, because that's really going to draw people into the story. So that's email number six that you will send on the second day of your promotion. And that's probably going to happen after your subscriber has been subscribed for, I would say, about 10 days at this point. And then on the last day, the third day of your promotion, in the morning, you're going to send an email that the concept of this email is how it works. This is an email all about your product and your process. So here we're going to explain the one, two, three process that people can use to get the result they're looking for. This process might be something like buy the product, put it to work, get the result. That's a really, really simplistic version. Let me give you another kind of more practical version. So for example, if I was teaching people how to start a YouTube channel, then I might say, okay, here's the three things you need to do to start your YouTube channel. First, you need to decide what your YouTube channel will be about. Then you need to decide what you will name your channel. And then third, you need to create your channel on YouTube. Now you can see here that I'm not showing them how to do these things. I'm not even telling them how to do them. I'm just telling them exactly what they need to do to get their YouTube channel off the ground. And that provides a lot of clarity for them and helps them to really understand this process. And it makes my product more appealing because now they can see what they need to do and they can see how the product would actually help them. As humans, we are wired to believe that things will work if we can see how they work. And that's what this email is going to do. So again, you wanna share with them that three-step process for how your product will get them the result they're looking for. This can be your three-step methodology or three steps of how to use the product. And it even could be a short, short demo video of how the product works. That can be really powerful as well, especially if it's something that maybe is hard for them to visualize and understand. Sometimes, for example, if you're selling a digital product, they're not quite sure what they're buying. I mean, I remember the very first time when I ever had something pitched to me online, I was just starting to get into the online business world just at the very, very beginning, just dabbling, just starting to learn. And I stumbled across this sales page that was selling me some sort of digital product. It probably was an online course, but I really don't know because this sales page was touting all of these benefits to me. It was talking about my problem and I was really connecting with it on a lot of levels. It was talking about the problem that I was facing and it was was talking about the outcome that I wanted. 
but I didn't buy the product because by the time I got to the end of that sales page and had read every word on it, I still had no idea what the product was. I was wondering, are they going to mail me a set of DVDs? Is this a book? Is it a PDF? Are they going to mail me a series of emails? Is this a a workshop that I'm going to attend online? I mean, I didn't even think of all those options because I didn't even know all those options existed, but I just had no idea what form the product was going to take and how it was going to work for me. So in this email number seven that you're sending on the morning of the last day of your promotion, really tell them what your product is and how it works. Show them a picture of it or a demo video. And of course, wrap it up by asking, if I can speak, right? Of course, wrap this up by asking them to buy with that strong call to action. Okay, and that brings us to the very last email in this welcome sequence and the last email in your promotional series, your three-day promotional series. So this is email number eight. You're going to send it in the afternoon of that third last day of your promotion. And you'll use a subject line that is something like last chance to join your product name or last chance to get your product name. And you want to make sure that you keep this email short and sweet because if you start out with a long rambly story, then they might not get to the point of the email, which is this is their last chance to buy. They need to make a decision now, right? So we want to make sure that you lead with, this is your last chance, your last chance to buy, the offer's about to end, then you wanna really succinctly recap the benefits. So not so much the features, not so much what it is, not so much the testimonials or the story, but the benefits. After using this product, how will their life be different? What results will they really see? And then it's a great idea to also briefly mention the features. So here state is an online course. It has three modules and 27 video lessons, you know, just to kind of give them again that picture of what it is. But that part should be like the smallest part of this email. And then finally, you'll wrap this up with a strong call to action asking for the sale. Now, it is a really good idea to include one short testimonial in this email. Again, this is kind of this recap email where you're giving them the too long didn't read version of all your other emails. You've gotten to the end of the promotional series. For some reason, this person still hasn't bought. So you're trying to give them that really quick and dirty version so that they can make an informed decision about whether or not this product is right for them. So that brings us to the end of the welcome sequence. Now, as I said, if you want to see all of these emails laid out, written out with the descriptions of what should be inside of each of them and example subject lines for each of them, then head to startupsociety.com where you can find out how to join Startup Society and get access to the PDF that goes along with today's episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of Work Less, Earn More. Before we wrap this up, listen into this question a Startup Society member asked during the live stream. I'm going to start with a question that Charity Bevan asked, and she said, Hi, Gillian. I have a question about email welcome sequences. My question is this. Is this email welcome sequence meant to be for anyone who signed up for your email list at any time? And if so, does that mean we offer a special promo price that is ongoing in the last three sales emails you shared so that everyone who joins your list, regardless of when they join, has a chance to buy your product at a special promotional rate? I think this sounds like a great idea, but I'm not sure the best system to keep track of that. How do I logistically pull this off, allowing for them to purchase at a discount for those three days and then disable the discount after for that specific person? 
Yes, Charity, that makes so much sense. And so you're right, this can get a tiny bit complicated potentially, but it doesn't have to be very complicated at all. There's a few different ways you can do it. So first of all, yes, you are right and you're, you're understanding correctly that it is best if this is an evergreen email sequence and an evergreen offer. So that whenever anyone signs up for your email list, they get this series of eight emails and it wraps up with this three, well, four email, three day pitch and that this pitch is some sort of evergreen product. Now, the very, very simplest way to do this is to not have any sort of real deadline. So the offer is you're offering this product to them for three days. And at the end of those three days, you're not going to offer it. You're not going to promote it to them anymore. And you should be clear about your language. I'm a big believer that we should be, you know, completely honest and upfront and real in all of our marketing, because I think it really comes off when you aren't. So rather than saying like, this is your last chance ever to get this price, if you're using this really simple method, then you should say things more like, this is the last time I'll be telling you about this offer. Things like that. You know, this is the last time I'll be sharing this offer with you. Something like that. And then you share an offer with them that is always available. Now, maybe you put this offer on a page of your website that is not publicly um, like linked in your menus, publicly a front and center so that people don't just find it on your website. They have to use this particular link that you have in the emails to get to it. Now, using the simple system where there isn't a real deadline, if someone clicked that link in that email a month later, they would still get that offer and they could still buy it. And that's totally fine. Here, we're just giving them a simple offer, a lower priced offer, and we're not talking about any like limited time bonuses or a limited time price. However, of course, you can say, you know, this product valued at $100 right now, only $27. And then you can end that promotional price at any point in time. But as long as you leave this offer up and running, then it would be available to them. So that's the simplest option. And honestly, that is the option I would recommend for most people who are creating their first email welcome sequence, just because the other options can get a little bit complicated fast. So the other options, I'll mention two other ones right now. One of them is where the only way they could get this offer that you're promoting to them is by showing up to a live webinar of some sort. And the reason why this can be a good option is because you have the opportunity to really sell to them on the webinar um, and to really explain and show them the product. So that can be good. But also you can keep the simple setup where you're using an offer that's available all the time, but make it so the link is only available on the webinar page. And in that way, the link will be a little bit more hidden. And so they won't be able to just like click into their email at any point and click that link and find the offer. The offer will be a little bit harder to get to. There are pros and cons of this. You know, whenever you're making something harder to buy, that can potentially, well, it will mean that fewer people will see the offer, right? And have the opportunity to buy it. But a higher percentage of the people who do see the offer will buy it. So it's always a good idea to test and experiment. But that is another option. And then the option that is the most complex that I'll mention today, uh, that it, it's not terribly complex, but it requires a little bit of, a little bit of fiddling. 
is to use a software called Deadline Funnel. And Deadline Funnel allows you to have a limited time offer and so and it can be an evergreen offer. So when someone subscribes to your list and gets added to this welcome sequence, you will add a tag to them inside your email marketing software. And that tag will trigger Deadline Funnel to start a countdown timer and that countdown timer will be unique to that specific subscriber. And then when that countdown timer expires, when it counts down to zero, then your sales page that you've linked in your emails will start automatically redirecting just for that subscriber. And so just that subscriber will be taken to a sorry you missed it type page. Another way that you can use Deadline Funnel that is simpler but doesn't work as well with the email welcome sequence is that you can set it so that when someone visits a page of your site, then it tracks their, I believe their computer's IP address, um, and then it starts a countdown timer for them. So that way they don't have to subscribe to your list. But the problem with that is that if they end up subscribing later, then the emails, the timing you're talking about in the emails, like this expires today, their timer might already have expired on your website. So anyway, it can get a little bit complicated. If you need more training on that, ask us in the Facebook group. We can direct you towards the training about Deadline Funnel and how to use that. Um, but like I said, when you're first starting out, I would recommend keeping it super simple and just having a good offer that is available all the time, but isn't publicly advertised on your website. It's only advertised in those four emails at the end of that sequence. Great question, though, Charity. Thank you so much for asking. All right, let's see. The next question is from Angelica. And Angelica started by asking just about like how long and how many emails and we've covered all of that. But I loved the second part of her question, which said, what other sequences should come next? So I would highly recommend that you do have a plan for what is going to happen after your email welcome sequence. The simplest version of this is to just send a live weekly newsletter, whether this is once per week or twice per week, and share value in every single email. And then you can either, you wanna decide exactly what your cadence is. You could either have emails that are just like pure value, one after another for a certain period of time, like for three weeks of the month, and then the last week of each month do promotion, or two value emails, and then one promotion email, two values emails, one promotion email, and so on like that, but do it all live. Or what you can do is you can create an evergreen newsletter. And this is just like a long campaign that is a long automated sequence. You can type your emails. You can still type them one at a time. You don't have to like create these all in a giant batch, but type up your emails and put them into this automated sequence. And then after people exit your welcome sequence, you can have them added into this evergreen newsletter sequence. And most email marketing softwares can make it so that happens automatically. And in the email, the newsletter sequence, then you can have that same cadence where you have a certain number of value emails followed by a certain number of promotion emails. Something I really like to do is in those promotion emails, not focus so much on selling a product, but on selling a sales process. So for example, asking people to sign up for um, a fitting call or asking them to sign up for a webinar and then pitching the product to them in that context where they have asked to be interested in the product. They've said that they are interested in the product. So that is what I would recommend would come next is a series of value emails and promotional emails that are balanced where you have at least two value emails for every one promotion email. 
Okay, and then Angelica had a follow-up question, which is, what should my email sequence include if my product has not been launched yet? Great question, Angelica, especially because I know a lot of people in Startup Society might be in this situation. So here's the thing. You can still use most of that email welcome sequence I just outlined. You just won't get to the actual pitch, probably. So let me start by explaining how you'll tweak the, the bulk of the sequence. Really not at all, I would say, because we still want to be shifting our new leads mind, the mind of our new lead towards needing our product. So we want to talk to them about the benefits that they'll get from our product without, again, without mentioning the product itself, but from taking the action that the product helps them create, what benefits will they get from that? the problem that they're facing, tell our story, tell other customers' stories, that sort of thing, and talk about those common mistakes, those common myths. All of these things will be priming your prospect, your lead, to buy when your product is available. Now, when you get to the promotional sequence, those last four emails, you can either skip those emails and just keep on the same vein of sharing value, sharing helpful content, tutorials, how to, and also, again, talking about those pain points and those solutions and those myths to avoid things like that. Or you could have a pitch sequence that pitches the wait list for your product. And I would say that that is a good option if you know when your product is going to launch or at least vaguely, you know, you know that you're going to launch your product next month or next year or something like that, then you can Tell them that, tell them, I'll be releasing this product next month. And if you want to be the first to know when it is available, then join the wait list. Or you even could pre-sell your product with those emails and ask people to buy at an early bird price to be the first to get a copy of your product. Okay, and then Nadia asked the question, is there an ideal price point we want to aim for if offering a product in the welcome sequence? That's a great question, Nadia, but unfortunately, this is definitely a question to which the answer is, it depends. It depends a lot because it depends on who your new subscribers are and how you get these subscribers will affect who these subscribers are. So for example, if you uh, have a craft blog where you blog about crafting and craft projects for moms and you have a newsletter there, Well, those people are probably not going to be interested in a very high priced product really ever. The most expensive product those people might ever buy from you, and of course there are plenty of exceptions to this, but would probably be like a few hundred dollars at the very most, just because this is just a hobby of theirs. It's not something that is super important to them. It's not something that's going to make them money. It's so they only have so much budget available for this. They only would want to spend so much of their income on that, right? And so they would never spend more than a couple hundred dollars. And so we want to make that offer that we give in the welcome sequence more of an introductory offer most of the time. And so you'd probably want to offer something that is, I would say under $50, probably close to like between $9 and $50. So a great example would be like a 12 or $27 price point. On the other hand, if you have clientele that is C-level executives and they're going to be investing in something for their business, then in that case, that's a very different situation, right? You might not want to sell them anything that soon because you might need to warm them up for longer. But if you do sell them something, I would probably recommend selling 
something that doesn't cost anything at all and actually selling them on a sales call or a fitting call or some sort of live training where they get to really see your product in action. And then you're probably going to end up pitching them something that's quite expensive, several thousand dollars. And so you either need to wait longer and send more emails first or else you need to get them on the phone with you and really close the sale in a really in with with a deeper connection um, and with more information and answering their questions so as i said it depends it really depends on what you're ultimately trying to sell but for a lot of people who are listening you're probably selling an online course or coaching or freelance work and you charge a few hundred dollars or a thousand dollars or so you're probably going to want to have that introductory offer be around the 50 or 100 dollar price point Okay, so let's see. Cheryl asked, does it make sense to send weekly emails directing people to a YouTube episode as our weekly email? Yeah, Cheryl, that can certainly work. I often do that myself because if your YouTube video is giving them value, then that is a way that you can give value in each email. Something that I've definitely noticed is that it's best to give people value where they're at rather than asking them to go somewhere else to get it. So make sure that that email isn't just promoting the YouTube video, but that it also includes some value in the email itself because that will make people more likely to open your future emails. Let's see. Anna Sophia pointed out that the new workshop that goes along with this, where I walk you through the PDF itself and where you can access that PDF is in the workshops section in the resources menu inside Startup Society. So if you're looking for it, head there, just head into Startup Society, click on resources, click on workshops, and you'll find it right there. Okay, so that brings us to the end of this episode all about email welcome sequences. I hope that you found that really helpful. I know that there might be a few lingering questions about email welcome sequences because there are a lot of nuances to them and they are probably, I would say, the most important part of your email marketing where you're making this first impression, you have the opportunity to quickly turn that new subscriber into a new customer and serve them on a higher level. So if you have any further questions, feel free to to ask us inside the Startup Society group and we would love to help you there. All right, well, that is everything for today. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. If you found this episode helpful and you would like to participate live in future recording sessions, then be sure to visit startupsociety.com slash podcast to learn more about all the benefits of membership and apply to join. And finally, it would be a big help if you left Work Less, Earn More a review on Apple Podcasts. Not only will this help us reach more people, but it's also going to give you the chance to potentially win a 12-month membership to Startup Society. All you need to do to enter is post your review on Apple Podcasts, then email a screenshot to contact at gillianperkins.com. Thanks again so much for listening. Now let's wrap this up. I'm Gillian Perkins, and until next week, stay focused and take action. Oh,